Radio. This is episode 207 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And my name is Kevin as, as well. Yes. yes. And we're back at it again. Uh, somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> For another lovely episode. I hope so. <laughs> of this Dark Windows podcast. I hope so. Yeah. It is. <clears throat> well, let's um, stop beating dicks and get well, to it. I, I was. I was just picking up uh, the monster, you know. You were beating Dick and everybody knows it. <laughs> no. Frankenstein's Moonstare. It's Frankenstein's monster, technically. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Frankenstein. Yeah. Anyway. Roderick. <laughs> so what are we doing this week? So <clears throat> this week, my topic is... Your what? My topic. Okay, I thought... Not what it sounded like you said. I'm pretty sure I said topic, but I could have not. I thought you said topic, and I'm like, what the fuck is topic? It could have been topic. I'm pretty sure it was topic. It could have been. Yeah. Not bottom lick, but topic. Anyway. Pope lick. There's a goat man there. Mm. Yes. Uh, So this week, my topic is. Don't say yes like you know. What? So don't say say yes like you know. That there's a goat man? Yeah. And poop lick? Pooplick, dickhead. Whatever. Pooplick. Uh, You're a fucking pooplick. We covered it, so yeah. You're I, a fucking pooplick. I would know that. Yeah. You know, come on. Anyway, so anyway, so this uh, this week my topic is a crime. So I was like, you know, let's do something we have not done before. And I started doing a little internet looking and looking and started off by looking in the 1920s for crimes. Because I was like, you know... Because God forbid you do a modern one, you fucker. Yeah. Uh, you know, fuck it. So, and I was like, nah, I don't see anything that really hits my fancy. Then I got a list of mob guys that kind of came up in the search. Mm-hmm. And a little light bulb kind of went off, and I started to look at a few of them. And Very then little light bulb. It, it was, it was, yeah, it was somewhat dim. I mean, it's like a fucking three watt, uh, maybe less than that. It flickers uh, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. like this. It's like when there's a storm happening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can pick on myself too, huh? That's fine because uh, I'm going to continue to pick on you too. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, <clears throat> hey, listen, I had someone else picking on me for you know about like two or three hours today. You might know him. His name's Jason. Yeah? Yeah. Jason Martin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him now. I had to deal with you for that one. <laughs> well, hey, you know. <clears throat> so anyway, so uh, kind of that little light bulb went off, and I started to look at a few, and then the right one came along. So without further ado, this week we are going to talk about the assassination of mob boss... Giuseppe uh, Masseria, a.k.a. Joe Masseria. I think it's Mas- Ma- not it's Masseria. Masseria. It's, uh, it's either Masseria or Masseria. It's I'm Masseria. Not sure. Hey, whatever. I've never heard an Italian pronounce anything like that. It's Masseria. 
Masseria. That's not now. That's you never know. No, it's it's Masseria. I'm about ninety percent confident. In that. I don't know his fucking family. Okay, I don't either. But no. you know. Anyway, you want to fucking harass me for being like a nineteenth fucking like one point whatever 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 percent Italian? I'm gonna go on my pronunciation then. I'm not saying you're a point point zero 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 two five percent. No, I'm saying you're like three quarter. <laughs> At least I'm not three quarter Nazi. You fuck. No, I'm not. I'm half. At- Sorry, not less than that. Come oh. on now. You're you're the you're the Elizabeth Warren of Nazis. I'm I'm like one sixty fourth. It qualifies me to be one, so I can go to college for free. You got it, Mister. Yeah. She's a cunt. I hate her. <laughs> hey, listen. What? Don't pick on Pocahontas. I can fucking pick on her all I want. I I hope her and Nancy Pelosi hit each other and explode. <laughs> Fuck both of them. The fucking Wicked Witch of the West and some drunk bitch that thinks she's an Indian. Get the fuck out of here. You didn't even get one of my reference. I did. Damn you. I did. Uh, I just anyway. chose to ignore it. You did. Like, everything. Yeah. Anyway. Giuseppe uh, Masseria, a.k.a. Joe Masseria, a.k.a. Joe the Boss. That was a very creative one. This definitely was in the 20s. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe was the boss of bosses during the 1920s, according to a source that I found. He was... The OG of the mob world in the U.S. And he was what most of the young people in the mob world called Mustache Pete's. Um, He and others like him were called this because they came to America as an adult and they sported a mean womb broom. Oh, yeah. I'm talking eat your heart out Tom Selleck womb broom. Thicker, like two C's thick mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Now... I have to stop right here because some that actually listened to the Patreon episode um, have already actually heard me kind of talk about um, Joe a little bit and uh, refer to the you know, the mustache peaches. Yeah. Pe- peaches. Mustache, mustache, pe- mustache yeah. peaches, huh? Yep, yep, those mustache peaches. They were a terrible baseball team. Uh, the mustache peats. By the way, speaking of that, why in the blue fuck are we remaking A League of Their Own? It's perfectly fine. Leave it the fuck alone. I don't... They did. It's on Amazon. I don't think they're remaking it. They they, they did. It's on it's Amazon. It's a series. I don't care. They could have just left it alone. It was perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I don't know. Because we have to fucking ruin everything. I guess. I mean, it was good. Assholes. So, anyway. Um, I apologize if you guys, you know... You know, if you are a Patreon person, but or for those that are not... If you'd given us $5, you would have heard about this guy already. It's true, true. So it's Your not, loss. It's not our fault. It's really yours. It's, that is very true. You know. Um, so those in the mob business that came to America as kids were um, after the Mustache Peets were referred to as the Young Turks. Um, Which is weird because they're Italian. You know. Yeah, I don't know why. I couldn't figure out why they were called the Young Turks. What what time frame was this? Huh? What time frame was this? 1920s. Okay, so they stole the name from the actual Young Turks in Turkey during World War One. They were trying to overthrow the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, tr- I looked it up, and it, all it gave to me was it referred to the <clears throat> young men that came here from the United States... Um, in their, like, 
between like uh, say I don't know like five or eight to uh, right mid teens versus like the you know the mustache peach peach uh, pe- <laughs> <laughs> mustache pizzas yes mustache pizzas the the you know the spaghetti fingers the the Joe Masseria's of the world um, who came here in their twenties right um you know. Oh, and I forgot to mention that the old guard, when they came to America, they already had committed their first murders in Italy. So they kind of had their, uh, their, you know, their their murder stripes already. And the new boys on the street, you know, they didn't commit their first murders obviously until they came to America. Right. Um. Now, with the difference between the two dickheads, you know, straightened out. Groups of dickheads, let's be fair. I apologize. Groups of dickheads. Uh, let's jump into some background on Giuseppe here. I'm sorry, I mean Joe. Because, you know, Either I way. feel if he was alive and I called him by his real name I was, and I was around him, I think I would be getting slapped and get that, you know, verbal tongue lashing and it'd be the, the spaghetti fingers you as get, you're you possibly... The back of the hand. Yeah, because you don't Pinky get... Pinky ring at all. Yeah. You know what? You know the difference between the backhand forehand? Yeah, you save the inside of your hand for your wife. The back of your hand's for your enemies. Okay, yeah. Besides... In the Italian world. Yeah. But you know the, like, the... This is for slapping men. This is for slapping women. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, like, the meaning behind it? No, I, I, I don't. No, I'm, I'm, I I'm don't. Being, I don't. Oh, That's why I'm okay. saying I don't. <laughs> I was actually trying. I was trying to. You know, I didn't know if you knew or not. I, I, um, I don't. That's why so I said I ba- don't. <laughs> so the backhand uh-huh. is uh, meant to be as an insult, because you know, you slap somebody, you slap them, you know, with your palm or yeah. whatever. Your, you know, right part of your hand by backhanding them, it's an insult to them because they weren't worthy enough of his, for a regular slap. Okay, or. If you have chest hair enough that it curls around your gold chain and your wife beater, yeah, the back of the hand is for the kids. Inside <laughs> of the hand is for the old lady. Ah, uh, yes. Watch fucking Goodfellas. Yeah, <laughs> you'll yeah. see the difference where yes. somebody gets backhanded and then he goes and fucking slaps Karen in yeah. the face inside. Yeah, because yeah. well, you know why? Won't leave the mocks. Well, I mean, it still leaves a mark if you've ever yeah, been slapped hard enough. But, I mean, you get the knuckles, you know. You, yeah. can't, you can't give her the knuckles. No, you you gotta... slap a man with the back yeah. of your hand. Yeah. Because that's like a fucking open-handed punch. Yeah, exactly. Or if you want to see somebody slap somebody hard enough that their soul actually leaves their body, Google a guy by the name of Walter that used to wrestle in uh, in Europe. Uh, he he open-hand slaps people so hard that I've actually seen videos of him breaking people's sternums yeah. with open-handed chops. It's fucking disgusting, but wow. holy shit. Huh. Oh, yeah, dude. He could, he'd could he slap you into a different fucking county. Because <laughs> he's in... Uh... He's a WWE. Is he WWE? Yeah. But yeah, he used to wrestle in Europe, and yeah. he'd slap the dog was, shit out of you. I don't know if he was still in the WWE or not. Yeah, he, he for sure is. Hmm. Okay. No, I don't know. I haven't watched fucking WWE or... AEW or Matter of fact, he is the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's the belt I always wanted, except now it's fucking terrible looking. Yeah. So. And I love the old gold one, like the yellow straps, and then they switched it to the white straps, which was cool. But, like, when Randy Savage had it, it was the yellow straps. So you had, like, him and Macho Man. Not him and Macho Man. That's the same person. Uh, (laughs) Him and, like, uh, uh, fucking. 
Ultimate Warrior uh-huh. and uh, Honky Tonk Man, uh-huh. all those guys that had like the yellow straps. Anyone and else? It was fucking rad. Well, Jake the Snake. I don't think he was ever an Intercontinental Champion. I think he was. I don't think he was. Because Inter- Intercontinental Champion meant that you were like moving up. Your next one from there is like the big gold belt. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm I, just just the the time machine thing. You it know, is. I have to go back. So back to Joe here. So you know he, he's in America now, and he's has to be called Joe because he's an American. I mean, you don't call him, you know, you don't go by Giuseppe. I bet you his mother called him Giuseppe. Oh, you know it. And he fucking answered to it. <laughs> he did too. He's like, Ma! Ma! I'm sorry, Ma! I didn't mean it. Giuseppe, come on now. Nah, I bet you, you know. So, uh, Joe was born in 1887 in Memphis, Sicily, and came to America when he was 16 years old in 1903 to evade a murder indictment in Italy, as during that time, there was no extradition treaty between the U.S. and Italy, so he couldn't be you know, sent back. Right. Now, I have to stop here before going on, because uh, he was 16 when he came here, and they called him an, an adult, And but by my calculations, that's kind of a teen still. I mean, back so then. I kind of wondered. I, I kind of wondered <laughs> back how. Back then, you're a, you were pretty much fucking adult at sixteen. Yeah, you've been working for eight years. You know, <laughs> it's true. You got a kid on the way. <laughs> I just wondered. You know, my question was to this. You know, when I was reading this all, was how did it gain him the title of the of the mustache Pete? And my only thought. He's on, had a mustache since he was four. Like, tr- well, he's not fucking. Uh, 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 Gomez he's, Adams. He's Italian. <laughs> well, that's true. He came out with like the beginnings of like a mustache. Okay, yeah. Gomez Gomez Adams. Was... He was a Spaniard. Yeah, but they're close enough. I guess Italian food's better though. Spanish food's not bad. Eh, you know, it's like it's in the middle of like Portuguese food's pretty good. Italian food is really good. Spanish food is forgettable. Okay. You know? Hey. Except their rice. It's just, you know, you know teach their own. pasta sauce and smashed up hamburger over white rice. It's perfect. There we go. At least that's how my mom makes it. <clears throat> so, <laughs> my only thought on this whole uh, being called a mustache Pete was due to the fact that uh, when he came here being 16 and then like 10 years had passed or just about that, um, the guys that were... Ten-year-olds uh, when they came here, like guys like Lucky Luciano, Vito Vincen- uh, Vito Genovese. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's a motherfucker right and there. And Joe Velaki were you know were just were born and they came to America before you know, and he came before to America before any of them. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they they were about that ten-year-old age when they came here, and you know he's. 10 years their senior so, so or well they actually he's 10 years their senior because he when he came here they were just born so so this is a 20 year old dude hanging out with a bunch of 10 year olds yeah so well no 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 no, no. What i'm saying is when he was born when they were born mm-hmm. he was 16 so, so they were 10 years he was 10 years older than them so he's 26 and hanging out with 10 year olds 26 yeah, well, okay, he didn't well, hang out with them. 
when he was 26. He just he was over here. Okay, I will set down know. my my wood when chipper. When they came here, I'll set down my wood chipper lubricant then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So when he arrived here, he had no trouble at all getting work because, well, he had previous experience. I mean, when yeah. you kill somebody, you know, you already got that stuff. Yeah. And he would fuck if he'd been four hours northeast. They would have thrown him in a fucking marble quarry. <laughs> true. Because that's who dug up all the marble here, Pollocks and Guineas. It's very true. And the Irish, to a lesser extent. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a couple churches created by the Italians and the a Polish. <laughs> West um, Rutland has its own separate Polish church. I can only... I can think of at least three... There's like three Italian churches in Rutland. I mean, they're Catholic churches, but you know, no, 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 Catholic, no. specifically, specifically made by them, though. I can, I can, I can think of at least three, or at least, or two, at least. Two of them are in Proctor, the one right on Route Three, right, and then the Lutheran Church because they were Lutheran, um, which is up by the school. I, I, I know that's where my cousin got married. Oh yeah, yeah. Ricky and Stephanie got married there. Oh, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Anyway. anyway, so um, Jinx, you gotta buy me some coke now. <laughs> I know a guy; I can give you his number. Okay. I was I was you know, worried, but I mean, I think I can get a place. You know, there's places down in Rutland. No well, problem. I know a guy though, like specifically that. Oh. You know, it's it's safer that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he would land a job with the Morello family, crime family, as an enforcer. The Morello, the Morello family conducted business in Harlem and in parts of Little Italy in southern Manhattan. Now, I did find another source that he was um, brought into the 107th Street Gang, which is part of the morello terranova Sedietta Alliance. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Guinea League of Nations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I know this is kind of like, you know, splitting hairs, but, you know, it's... We strive to angel hairs. You know it. We strive. How many more can we get in here, man? Because I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I, I, hey, I just you know. I right, get back to this fucking tortellini I'm, pack here. I'm feeding you, you know. Yeah. So I mean, we we strive to be a little bit accurate on this on this podcast. It's slightly racist. Prejudice. It's not race. They're not a race. They're barely people. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, this is more like <laughs> this is more you, you yeah. know, than me. Um. So in 1907, <clears throat> a a a easy. Relax. Do you fucking trigger something? I throw I throw up my hand at a forty five degree angle and like your eyes turned right and you're like, oh shit, I've been activated. <laughs> Listen. I can be... see the arm patch starting to grow in. <laughs> don't be talking bad about Uncle yeah. Adolf. Yeah. You know fucker. Fucking micro penis and one nut. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh so anyway, in nineteen oh seven while working for the family, he was arrested for extortion and burglary. However, thanks to being affiliated with the Morello family, he would receive a suspended sentence. His affiliation would, not, would only last a little uh, while, only because two of the founding members of the family would be hauled off to jail. Those two members were Lupo Sedietta and <laughs> Giuseppe Morello. Wow. Uh, they were uh, arrested and convicted of counterfeiting money. They would both receive very long sentences, and this would throw the gang into turmoil. The last remaining founding member uh, were the Terranova brothers. 
They struggled to maintain control over the gangs of New York, and this would lead to a rebellion. The Brooklyn Camorra soon began a gang war, which led to the murder of Nicholas Terranova in 1916. Uh, the Brooklyn Camorra were the opposing group to the main groups in the in New York. I mean, these fuckers should have been drafted by now. True. Well, no. It would have been the next year, but... No, they probably would have started drafting them in 16 to send them over in 17, even though basic training was like four days. Yeah. It was like a fucking long weekend. Well, yeah. somewhere, somewhere. Here's a, here's some pants, here's a shirt, and here's a gun. Figure it out, dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the Camorra gang, these guys were from uh, Naples and not Italy. Uh, not Italy. Sicily. Sorry. The Camorra families made their money through lucrative, quote-unquote, black hand rackets. Mm-hmm. These involved offering protection to businesses in return for a sum of money. The two Camorra gangs, one led by Pellegrino Morano in Coney Island, and the other led by Alessandro Valero, uh, which is in uh, out of a coffee shop in Brooklyn uh, Navy Street. The Camorra had, may uh, have shared a common origin, but they were much less tight-knit than the Mafia, whose uh, close family and regional ties formed nearly unbreakable bonds. Now, I'm not going to get into the conflict between these two groups. If you want to hear that... Give us $5, motherfucker. Yeah. And then go back a week. Yes. Go back to uh, this past weekend's episode uh, for Patreon, and you're actually going to hear me talk about the, the whole little... Uh, battle with these two groups. Now, so with that said, we're going to jump ahead um, in time because if you want to know what happened, like I said, go on over to Patreon. So Joe and some of the others from the gang broke off and started their own little families and attempted to get control over bits and pieces of the Merlo territory. Joe had an edge on the others because he had an ace up his sleeve in the form of Salvatore de Aquila. Uh, he was said to be the consigliere of the top New York families. He was thought to be wise beyond his years, and he was the first that the families would come to when they would need advice, and he was paid very well. When Salvatore, with Salvatore, by his side, Joe would become one of the most powerful gangsters in New York rather quickly. On August 9, 1922, Joe escaped an attempt on his life when he was attacked by two men that came after him when he walked out of his apartment. Uh, he would go and hide in a store on 2nd, Street, 2nd Avenue while the two men opened fire on the store. Uh... He stayed uh, in there to hide until the two men ran out of ammunition. The shooters realized that they were out of ammo, and they fled down the street to a a waiting vehicle. Mm -hmm. While the shooting was taking place, a women's union meeting was breaking up, and the women of this meeting uh, were actually witness to this shooting. (laughs) Uh, The gunmen saw that... I seen it, but I didn't see nothing. Well, the gunmen saw saw this... That the women, you know, were coming out and that they had just witnessed this. So they reloaded their weapons, which I'm going to assume because I didn't find this anywhere what type of weapons they were. But I'm going to assume that they're Tommy guns. What year is this? Uh, 1922. 
Nah, not likely. Uh, more likely handguns. <coughs> well, I'm gonna say that they're they must have been. Nah, because they had a, probably they shot up a lot. I mean that. I would say they're probably like Tommy guns or something like that. Um, but I could be wrong. You know, it was just they they fired a lot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, um, only reason why I say it could have been that is because what I'm about to talk about. So what, the the Tommy gun didn't come around until 1918. So maybe. Oh, 1918. <clears throat> so 1922. Maybe. So. Yeah. So this is also back when you could go in and buy, buy one of these one. motherfuckers in a hardware store. Yes. But if you're going to buy a Thompson, why not just say fuck it and get a BAR instead? It's a heavy motherfucker. I don't give a shit. It's way cooler. And then fucking, uh, I can't remember his last name, but Clyde there took his and fucking sawed the barrel down. True. Definitely illegal by ATF standards now because it only had about a 14 inch barrel. True. It was a thirty caliber rifle, fully automatic, and he was yeah. just fucking hammering people. Yeah. With it. yeah, yeah. So the gunman saw that this group of women, and they reloaded their weapons. And when they got, uh, when they got to the vehicle, and then they turned around and began to open fire on the women, Assholes. and then took off. Uh, they left six wounded and two killed. A horse was also killed during the shooting as oh, well. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, police... That's the biggest tragedy of all of them. Uh, police found uh, Masseria in his upstairs bedroom, shell-shocked. Surviving the point-blank shots, he was still wearing his straw hat, and now he had two bullets in it. Bullet holes, sorry. Uh, su- such incidents led him to earn uh, his uh, reputation or the... The title of, quote, the man who can dodge bullets. Okay, sure. Yeah. And this was More from... like the man who just happened to be angled correctly to not die. That's true. Uh, fr- this is, like, from uh, superstitious Italian gangsters. And while yeah. his position started to uh, rising, that of uh, D'Aquila actually started to decrease. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I have to read this because, well, some think I don't look into things when I research. And I have to say this. If you think research podcast is easy, do it yourself. Sorry, that's my one bitch and complaint. And I will, I'm going to move on from there. Because okay. I, I have to take a shot across the bow. So, um... <clears throat> Now, what I have to read is another account that I found of this shooting, which is kind of different. So here it is. On August 8th, not August 9th, a whole day difference, I know, uh, of 1922, Masseria was at home on the Lower East Side in his three-story big brownstone house on 2nd Ave near East 5th Street. Um, It was just after midday. Two men step out of a blue Hudson car and walk into the the restaurant across the road from Joe the Boss's house. One of them was 34-year-old Umberto uh, Valenti, who was a veteran hitman and also an associate of Peter Morello. French fella, huh? Yeah. (laughs) With a last name like Valenti, you gotta be French. I was thinking with a first name like Umberto. (laughs) You know. Uh, 
could be Italian. It could be it could be Spanish. You know, I don't know. He sounds like a pro wrestler. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> oh, one under a mask. Would it would it be Umberto? Would they go by or would it be Valenti? I think it'd be Umberto. Yeah, I think you'd have to. Yeah, because yeah, if you're going luchador, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, if you're going like just barrel chested Italian, like fucking uh, yeah, Bruno San Martino, then you go oh, by Valenti. But you know, true. You can't be your, you can't be a fucking barrel chested luchador. It doesn't work that way. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, so fucking six foot eight. Guy under a mask kind of didn't uh, work for me. Never know. Uh, That's a no for me, dog, is all uh, I'm saying. Okay. So he was an unknown associate of Peter Morello, who wasn't happy with Masseria taking over his gang. Two months earlier, Joe, the boss, also had clipped uh, his mob rival, Silvio. Oh, boy. I, th- I had a hard time when I saw this, and I'm like, I've still... I tried to pronounce it. Tagliapana. Tagliapana. Yeah, that sounds about right. You don't even fucking know. It could be right. <laughs> I'm just going on how you said it. it sounds to make sense. Uh, so, <laughs> how was that one hard? Like, <laughs> hey, you know, there wasn't even like a volio in there or anything. Like, that's that's a pretty easy one. <laughs> All right, fine. So, uh, Valenti wanted to get equal with him. So, for about an hour. Valenti and his accomplice were waiting and keeping an eye on Masteria's house. After 2 p.m., Joe, in a light summer suit and a straw hat, stepped out of his house. Valenti and his partner got out of the cafe and walked after Masteria at a fast pace. Valenti pulled out his weapon, allegedly unarmed Joe, the boss, Mm -hmm. spotted them and tried to dodge in the near hat shop but was caught outside a women's clothes clothes store. According to one of the shop owners, it went down like this. Quote, the, the man with the revolver came close to the other fellow and aimed. Just as he fired, the man jumped to one side. The bullet smashed in the window of my store. Then the man fired again. And this time the man began being shot, ducked his head down. The third shot made a second hole in the window. Now, it's it's still a very it's still a mystery how how such a professional gunman as Valenti could miss 3 times at point blank range. Uh, Joe Masseria sprinted towards his home. Valenti and his accomplice ran back to their uh, parked car as they saw the witnesses gathering. During their escape, they were confronted by a crowd of striking garment workers. Seeing yep. that driving through them with a car would be near impossible, both of them got on a running board and shot around 20 shots into the striking workers. Eight workers were wounded, and one died later. Other sources state that six got hit, two men, and a horse were killed. Now, this was from... Another a, fucking horse, or is this the same horse? No, no, it's the same horse. Okay, so this is the account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so these fucking monsters need to be stopped. Now, this was from the nationalcrimesyndicate.com website. Okay. So, okay. That's a good one. It's actually a good website. I've used yeah. that before. Uh, when the police found, would find Joe, he was in his apartment, and they found that he had two holes in his straw hat. And when others heard that the holes in his hat, about the holes in his hat, he got that nickname of the man who can dodge bullets. Mm-hmm. Joe would organize a sit-down with others fighting for Morello territory just hours after being shot. 
Now, once again, I have to say that another source said that this sit down didn't happen until September. So I mean, does it really matter know. though? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, um, some don't know this because I said it during the Patreon episode, but I'll say it now. Um, the only reason why I'm referencing back and forth saying different things is because honestly the information on this guy is very sketchy like you know I mean National Crime Syndicate like I said that website had you know this one bit of information right another one that I found that was pretty uh, I thought was pretty credible um I think it was an FBI type one had totally different information. And then another one had totally, you know, had like, I found like couple that were, you know, similar, but then another couple that were similar to the, right. To the national crime syndicate website. So it's just kind of like, you know, kind of, you had to like cross weave them and see, you know, okay. Hey, where, where did these match up anywhere? You know, so it's kind of strange. Yeah, and you also are dealing with a, an organization that is pretty well known for not talking about shit. True. Even back this far. True. So let's take a break now, and then we'll come back and we'll finish this up. Yeah. Joe, when we left, was organizing a sit-down of all those fighting for the Morello territory. Now, one of those struggling for power was... Umberto Valentin, uh, Valenti, uh, Kevin's luchador. <laughs> Don't blame that on me. <laughs> uh, so, and the message would be that Joe wanted to make peace. Uh, of course, making peace wasn't Joe's real intention. No, no, of course not. No. He ordered three gunmen to, uh, you know, to make the meeting. Uh, one of them was Charlie Luciano. Back then, still, he wasn't Luciano. He actually was uh, Luciana. Okay. L-U-C-A-N-I-A. Okay. And he was 24 at the time. He changed his name. Um, so, three days later, Masria's men, some sources say... Masseria too, met with Valentin and his gunmen. Suddenly, both sides started shooting at each other. During the shootout, an eight-year-old girl was hit in the chest while she was playing outside with her grandfather, uh, outside her grandfather's store. And a road sweeper fell into a gutter and got seriously injured. Uh, Valenti ran out into the road and jumped on a running board of a taxi car. One gunman stayed calm and stood in the middle of the road, aiming carefully and calmly emptying his weapon. As Valenti pulled out his Colt to fire back, he was shot in the chest and died. Another source states that he got shot while jumping onto the running board. Okay. Now, Which, I mean, either way is, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, believable. Yeah, it's neither here nor there, which, you know, happened, but it's possible either way. So knowing that the neighborhood... Uh, too well, the calm gunman escaped before the police arrived. Now, allegedly, this calm assassin was Lucky Luciano. Uh, yeah. 
but it's not really totally known. It probably pretty good chance it was. Yeah. Um, with Masseria's power on the rise, he became the head of the Morello fam- crime family, while the first boss of the family, Giuseppe Morello, became his top advisor. In 1925, a man entered America who would change the life of Masseria forever. This man was Salvatore Maranzano, a respected mafiosi hailing from Castellamari del Golfo. Sure. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Maserano. <laughs> he was from fucking Monte Cristo. Place of all the sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Maranzano uh, went to live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where he joined forces with Nicole uh, Shrio. Shrio and Manzara, um Wow, I have a hard time with his name. They, uh, they, they created a gluten-friendly pickle farm. Yeah. Because it's fucking Williamsburg with all those other goddamn hipsters. Yeah. So uh, Shrio and Mar- Maranzano were... Uh, I'm gonna call it marinara. Jesus, <laughs> go for it. I don't give a fuck. You hurt my feelings. Yeah. So they were already associate associate fucking grease ball. <laughs> yeah. They were already associates back in uh, Sicily, and Shrio knew his background. Salvatore Maranzano then set up uh, bootlegging, gambling, and loan sharking theft, uh, hijacking. Uh, in hijacking operations that eventually came into conflict with the interests of Joe Masseria. Joe Masseria, being the boss of the first uh, recognized mafia organization in New York, felt that the Brooklyn Castle Castle uh, fucking Christ Castle Run yes in five parsecs or yep. something. Uh, the Brooklyn Castle Mar- fucking. Balls, balls. Okay. One more time. You can do it. You got to get through it. Okay. So, Joe Masseria, being the boss of the first recognized mafia organization in New York, felt that the Brooklyn Castellamarasari. I'm not, I, that's, that's, that's as far as I'm going to go. Just, Fuck just it. fucking <laughs> Castellamarasari. Yeah, I, I can do the first and the last part of it. Middle mumbles. You got it. Uh, and their associates would form a future that, uh, you know, threat. Uh, Masseria demanded that every family had to pay him tributes. Uh, Nico, I'm going to call him Nico, this is, you know, uh, was said to have paid Masseria a, to avoid trouble, but later disappeared, making Vito Bonaventure or Salvatore... Uh, Maranzano, the new leader, whom exactly succeeded, you know, Nico kind of is unclear. Mm-hmm. They don't really know. But after both uh, organizations turn violent towards each other by hijacking trucks or by destroying illegal breweries, a war was in- inevitable. Uh, Masseria also grew suspicious towards his New York allies and to get and to suppress uh, this rebellion, Masseria ordered the killing of Giattano uh, Rina, believing Rina was plotting against him. The war would eventually become known as the 
Oh, fucking Christ. Castellamars... Oh, whatever. Hold on. I let give me, up. Let me slide around here. I give up. Where are we? Castella Maurice. It's... Sure. Drop a fucking M. Sure. Holy uh, shit. I will go That's, with that it. Was a, that was a fucking... That was one. But, you know... Sure, the Castel Maurice War. Um, at the time behind the boss's back, Masseria may have been aware, but chose not to deal with it. Luciano established uh, relationships with various gang leaders inside and out of the Mafia society across the United States. He participated in the Seven Group, a bootlegging operation, and planned with Frank Castello for the illicit enterprises and underworld uh, enterprises that the underworld might enter into once prohibition had ended. Mm -hmm. Luciano maintained contact with Jewish mobsters and childhood companions. Uh, Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky. I knew that name was coming up. And good old Benjamin Siegel. Benny Siegel. Yeah, well, Bugsy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And established a relationship with Dutch Schultz as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after a while, Masseria began to see Luciano as a threat. One day... Oh, before I go any further. So, the names I mentioned. Meyer Lansky. Bugsy Siegel. Mm-hmm. Dutch Schultz. Lucky. They were all part of a little group. Yeah. You know, and they were all Jews except for Lucky Luciano. Yeah, they were the they were the murder ink. Yeah, no. Um, so one day Luciano was forced into a car at gunpoint, and was beaten, stabbed, and left for dead on the beach. Luciano found out through Meyer Lansky that it was Masseria that ordered the hit. So Luciano teamed up with the Salvatore Maranzano uh, with Ma- Salvatore uh, Maranzano. To betray Joe Masseria. So this is when the shit, so to speak, hits the fan for dear old Joe. He would meet uh, with his bodyguards and Lucky Luciano at a seafood restaurant on at 3 p.m. on April 15th for lunch. One of the, and this is still in 1922. Okay? Right. Uh, one of the sources that I was looking at said that it wasn't... Joe that called a meeting for lunch. It was actually Lucky that called a meeting, but it's kind of splitting hairs. Uh, whichever way the call went, they all would meet for lunch at Nova Villa tomorrow on Coney Island. After they all ate lunch, they started to play a game of cards. Yeah, um, that's kind of af- what you do. Yep. After a bit of playing, Lucky would excuse himself from the game, saying that he had to go to the bathroom. Oh, he's about to fucking Michael Corleone these guys. I think this is actually where, uh, um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw somewhere in the, my reading. Yeah, this, this is definitely is, where it came from. Yeah, I think this is actually where, you know, Michael's... Yeah. Who the fuck did he shoot? Uh, I don't remember, <sighs> but he definitely shot him with a gun from the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they put it behind the water closet. There and everybody the... thinks I'm crazy for wanting a toilet gun. You never know. That's when you're at your most vulnerable. You're sitting there yeah. taking a shit. What are you going to do? But this is one of those ones you have to stand up and... Yeah, that's fine. Because the fucking you water... tape it above. to the back of the tank. Yeah. yeah. Mine, I just magnet it to the inside of my cabinet, like right next to the toilet paper. There you go. Whick. 
Yeah. And they'd have a shower gun, too. He's oh. going to buy a bunch of Keltex. They're cheap. Okay. All right. Fairly reliable. Mm-hmm. Better than a high point, which I know, I know Evan will give me shit for saying that. But <laughs> I don't want a fucking brick that shoots stuff occasionally. Yeah. Um, so, Mikey excused himself, went to the bathroom, you know, said he had to go to the bathroom. Now, this next number is a little fuzzy because it's not known how many men walk into the restaurant at this time. So some sources that I saw stated that the number was three, and others said it was four. Um, some bad dudes, nonetheless, walk into the restaurant, and that mean, they mean business. Uh, they then open fire on Joe, and his uh, number is up. They take him out. Now, this is a bit of interesting material because the supposed people that are claimed to have killed Joe were another one of Murder, Inc. Mm-hmm. Albert Anastasia, <laughs> who would be taken out, I think, like... Not long after 30, four, 30 years, maybe <clears throat> later? Maybe... Uh, Maybe it was a little bit longer than that. Maybe it was like 40 years later at this point. Was it that long? I think it was like 60-something that Mm. he was killed. I think. Well, anyway, Albert Anastasia, Joe uh, Andonese, Vito Genovese, who would become the The, man. Yeah. And uh, Bugsy Siegel. They not only took out Joe, but they also killed his two bodyguards. Now, when the cops show up uh, with the witnesses, uh, when the um, now when the cops show up, the witnesses to the crime can only remember there being two gunmen, not four or three. Reports also uh, recovered state that the cover, police recovered two guns from the alley next to the building. It is also very likely that the gun owner of the restaurant, Gerardo. Uh, Scarpato <laughs> uh, was in uh, was in actually on the hit, but it's not truly known whether he was or wasn't. Because um, I mean, he was a small businessman arrived unexpectedly at the building sometime before the hit to pay money to uh, Scarpato. Mm-hmm. The small businessman later recalled that quote Scarpato uh, ran over and asked me what I was doing there. Scarpato told me to leave right away and not to mention to anyone I had been there that day. I left. Later that night, I read that Joe Masseria had been shot at, uh, at the Villa tomorrow. So, you know, <laughs> this kind of... He knew what was going down. Yeah. He just kind of was like, get the fuck out of here. You're a good kid. Yeah. You know. Um, over 20 shots were fired from uh, a thirty two. And thirty-eight caliber pistols. A couple of revolvers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, four of which went straight into the back of Masseria, and one of in his uh, actually went right into his head. No, that'll do the fucking trick. Yeah. As expected, no one was ever arrested for the murder. Maranzano. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Maranzano, who was now the boss of bosses, because once you became the boss of bosses, mean that you were the man. Yep. Okay. There's a term for that too. Uh, the boss of bosses. No, the, like there's a, a a term for it, like in Italian too. 
I don't know. That Capo two to Cappy. Boss of the bosses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um, I watched enough Michael Franzese videos on YouTube that I'm like, I remember how to I remember what it is. It's just gonna take a second to get there. Talk about a dude that knows some shit but still ain't gonna say shit. Yeah. That's your guy. Okay. My god, is he fucking intense. <laughs> mm. So uh, he was he's now the boss of bosses, but not for long. As Lucky Luciano ordered the murder of Maranzano only six months later. Yeah. Uh, as you may guess, Lucky would take over, but yeah. this was a that's a whole different topic. Yeah, he, he gets yeah. his own. Yeah. On an interesting note, the picture that we'll be using for this episode shows. So look at it, okay? Yeah. Everybody shows Joe lying dead in a pool of blood with an Ace of Spades um, card between his fingers. Now, it is actually suspected that when he died, he didn't have that card in his hand. Somebody stuck it there. Yeah, it was, but it's possible it was possibly placed there by a photographer that took the picture. Yeah, that's possible. Um, They're scumbags. They always have been. Yeah, I guess, I guess it makes it for an interesting bit of art and a little bit of a conversation starter later. Yeah. Well, it also, you know... And I'll... Think I'll about think about the the last time someone got their fucking head scattered across the table playing cards. Everybody knows that hand. Well, I mean, aces and, and eights. No, yeah. And the thing is, is we'll be able to show this because it's kind of blurred. Here, I'll show it to you so that you can see it. Yeah, that's fine. Facebook shouldn't take that down. Yeah, which is weird because when we did the uh, the Norwegian black metal episode, and I put the cover up of. Uh, uh, Rise of the Dawn of the Blackhearts, that Mayhem album with fucking uh, dead after he'd shot himself in the head with a 20 gauge. Mm -hmm. Facebook didn't do shit. Instagram pulled that picture. Oh, wow. Which is weird because you can be like a fucking 15 year old girl and show everybody your asshole on Instagram and they don't do anything. Yeah. I put a picture of a fucking dead Swede on there and everybody loses their shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of the, the kind of what led up to the assassination of uh, good old Giuseppe Masseria here, and uh, um, so like I said, you know, Lucky would take over, but then he would um, gotta have to leave, you know, shit would happen, and he had to he had to take off. Yeah, um, he actually, I think we went to Cuba. And then he'd eventually back up in Italy. Yeah. Where he actually got arrested um, in Italy for some shit. And I and uh, I don't think he actually... I don't know if he died. I think he died in Italy you know, after so long. I kind of like read a little bit on Lucky. And then I also kind of yeah, looked at... Meyer, looked... Meyer Lansky ended up in, in uh, Miami. He One of the few gangsters, mobsters, to just retire... Yeah. Just retire. Like, whatever. No big deal. Um, I watched a thing with his grandson on YouTube also. Well, that's kind of what Luke, uh, Lucky did. He kind of um, retired, so to speak. That's what, you know, he was like, oh, I'm going to retire. You know, and and that's when uh, the, the, the gang family name yeah. changed. It changed to... Genovese. That's when, yeah, that's when the Genovese's took over. Yeah. But, uh, no, Meyer Lansky actually retired, and I watched the thing with his uh, his grandson where he was just grandpa. He was just a normal guy, you know? Then when he got older, he's, like, starting to 
realize who his grandfather is. Yeah. And he started asking questions, and he's like, uh, he's like, he told me some stuff. He didn't tell me a lot. Then after he passed, my father told me more. And uh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it's really interesting if you can find it. I can't remember the guy's name. Huh. Um, I know his last name's Lansky, obviously, but I can't remember his first name. Kind of interesting, you know, the whole... Uh... That whole uh, scenario of uh, of how everything goes down and affiliations switch yeah. and they you know put the the family as it is kind of stays the same but someone else just takes over right and it happened pretty frequently yeah and then it hasn't happened in quite a while since like the seventies I want to say yeah um. But yeah, it. I love fucking mafia shit. It's it's super interesting to me. I know a lot oh, of people yeah. aren't are like, eh, it's all right. No, no, it's fucking great. Is what yeah, it is. I love it. I, I hell, I liked even doing the Westies. You know, like that was kind of a a different uh, kind of offshoot of that whole mafia scene because they were, you know, these Irish guys fucking kind of thumbing their nose a little bit yeah. at the... But not really, because they worked with them. So I'm true. more happy about it. Yeah, very true. Mickey Featherstone. Yes. But, you know. So yeah, so uh, that's uh, it's kind of our episode for the for the week. With, yeah. uh You know, that's my crime, and I stuck to it. Fucking finally doing something interesting for a crime. <sighs> Kiss my ass. Fucking kidnapping a grown ass man. Come on. Hey. Happens. Anyway, so head on over to Patreon as we've plugged a couple of times already. We have. We have been uh, plugging that shit away. $5 a month. If you go to patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast, gets you access to all of our back catalog and all of our shit that we release weekly. Um,. And, you know, like, super secret, but if you join, we also send you stickers. Um, won't tell anybody else that, just you guys. Then from there, <laughs> you can just open up another window. You can go to studio.com and get yourself some headphones or some earbuds or some speaker. You throw it in your cart. It's 15% off when you put in Dark Windows 15 at checkout. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go on Facebook while you're there. Open a third window. Don't be a bitch. Open a third oh, window. Oh, a third window, yeah. Go to course. Facebook. You can join the Dark Windows Podcast group, or you can go to the Dark Windows Podcast page. And if you go to the page and leave us a review, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you leave us a review with a topic idea in it, we will bump that to the top of the list, provided we don't already have stuff pre-planned. Um, sure. But yeah. Well... I mean, we have been known to bump things. Yeah, forward. but if we already... If somebody's like, okay, I want to talk about this... Like, well, we've already got the next episode planned, so it's going to wait a minute. You yeah. Know? All right. All <laughs> We're right. not going to drop shit and be like, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll do it the next week or something. But yeah, so that's uh, that's the show, I guess. Yeah. And uh, next week, getting back on that road trip, going on that trip for a couple weeks. Yeah. See where we land. I don't remember where the fuck we left off. Minnesota. <laughs> We're going to Minnesota next. Okay. Yes. Good to know find something in minnesota anyway until then just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you 
Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>